Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Mike Pratt's here today with longtime co-host Jacob Avila. Hello, Michael Pratt's. How are you? Another day in paradise, Jacob. Yeah, it's my it's my favorite time of the month. Oh. Okay. Now, Jacob, we're going to talk about a really cool article today on using point of care ultrasound to diagnose septic arthritis of the hip. I'm so excited about this, by the way. I feel so strongly about uh, arthrocentesis. You'll find you'll find this out about me today. I can't wait. But before we get into that, let's do a couple cool cases that we saw recently. Now, I saw one that was I had never seen anything on using ultrasound for abdominal compartment syndrome before cool article in the Journal of Ultrasonography titled Ultrasonography in the Diagnosis and Monitoring of Intraabdominal Hypertension and Abdominal Compartment Syndrome. Mm. Now, it's not what you think. It's not that we're diagnosing it using ultrasonography. We're still diagnosing it in the traditional methods, but this article details how you can use ultrasound in these patients, and I thought that it was pretty fascinating. They suggest that you can assess the position of the G-tube in the stomach. You can look for the intraluminal contents and bowel motor function, such as if you're looking for obstruction, and you can monitor the gastric drainage and the presence of ascites and other things that are going to affect the intraabdominal pressure. So this is a really nice review article that goes through all the ways ultrasound might be useful in this subset of patients. Jacob, did you see any cool cases? I did actually. And basically anything that Jale publishes, I'm like all about. I love that guy. Jale Tung Cheng. Do you remember when we did that podcast with him? Like, uh, I feel like a year ago, it was on ultrasound for GI bleeds. Yeah. But the article that he published that was interesting to me was the use of ultrasound in emergency department for the detection of thoracic outlet syndrome, a single case study. And that was published in ultrasound in 2021 in February. So they report a case here of a previously healthy 27-year-old male who presented to the emergency department with right upper limb pain, tingling, and weakness. And they did an ultrasound of it. And obviously, this is not something that is, I guess, well described in the point of care ultrasound literature. So they actually kind of like walk through exactly what they did. Um, They looked for a congenital cervical rib as well as narrowing of the costoclavicular gap. Um, which would actually cause, you know, obviously the symptoms of thoracic outlet syndrome. And then they did a uh, maneuver that reproduces symptoms, and then they confirmed their suspicion of the neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. So pretty interesting stuff. Fascinating. Yeah, this is one of those diagnoses that it's not super common, but, and this is something that I tell my learners, is that if if you ever think that ultrasound might be helpful, you can usually, even if you've never heard of it being helpful, you can usually... If you just think it through, you can actually figure out how you can utilize ultrasound for that specific rare disease, which is kind of like what they did here. Well, let's get into our main event today. And this is an article titled Point of Care Hip Ultrasound Leads to Expedited Results in Emergency Department Patients with Suspected Septic Arthritis. This is in the Journal of American College of Emergency Physicians, open June 2020. Now, using ultrasound for septic arthritis of the hip. There's two ways you can do this. Number one, finding the effusion. Number two, performing the arthrocentesis. And this article actually looks at both of those things. This is something that really came to my attention after I had a patient where 
it was really high suspicion for septic arthritis of the hip. And I wasn't trained to do this in residency. I didn't have a lot of comfort with it. So, you know, we did the usual thing. We talked to orthopedics. They were like, we don't do those. Talk to IR. We talked to IR and they were like, we're not going to come in and do that for like 12 hours. And we're like, well, that's not good for the patient. So, It turns out that if emergency physicians use ultrasound, this is actually something that they can do safely and it has the potential to benefit the patients by kind of expediting their care, getting them to the next step. Do they need to go to the OR? Is this a different benign cause that we can just send them home safely? And so I thought that this is a fantastic idea. A lot of people are understandably worried about doing this procedure blind. I mean, you can hit some things around the hip and it can go wrong. And obviously, we don't want to introduce any infection to the hip. So you have to take a lot of precautions. But it does seem feasible. So these authors had the question, do patients with suspected septic arthritis of the hip who were evaluated with point of care ultrasound have faster times to getting the diagnostic test of the ultrasound compared to those who are getting that ultrasound from the radiology department? And then after that, secondarily, they asked the really important questions of do those people who are getting the arthrocentesis done by the emergency physician actually have less time to getting that diagnostic procedure? And they evaluated a number of other times, as we'll see. So how did they perform this study, Jacob? This study is one that I really enjoy because it's, it is only possible like with technology. So they did it basically based off of the timestamps of the ultrasound and the timestamps in their electronic medical record, which I think is really cool. Now, before we kind of talk about that, I just want to just kind of briefly talk about arthrocentesis and how... I feel like as emergency physicians, uh, we're a little reluctant to do it sometimes. I know that in the shop where I'm at, usually the uh, you know the easy button is to just call ortho anytime you suspect or have a confirmed effusion. Blind, huge knee effusion drainages, like, yeah, you don't really need ultrasound for that uh, necessarily if it's huge, although I definitely still use ultrasound every single time. I am uncomfortable like stabbing people blind most of the time, but if you're able to use ultrasound and really just understand what fluid looks like, which is a basic component, um, sticking that needle into that, you know, that fluid bag under direct guidance really makes every single type of arthrocentesis perfectly approachable and accessible to most emergency physicians. And it will decrease the time that you do this. Hips to me are the scariest because they're the deepest as far as like doing them blind, but with the ultrasound, super easy to use. So I think that I'm very happy that they chose this specifically because this is probably the highest impact, I think, as far as decreasing complication rates. So what they did here is they looked at all of their emergency department patients from 2016 through 2019, and they included all patients who received a hip ultrasound or hip arthrocentesis in the emergency department. And they found these patients by reviewing the interpretation of every single ultrasound study done in this time period which is probably a lot, Mike. Uh, Yeah, I was impressed by that. That seemed like a lot of work. So as far as their exclusion, they excluded patients that had a prior history of hip surgery, a prior history of hip infection, traumatic pathology, or they were transferred with a known diagnosis of septic arthritis. So obviously, this was a retrospective study that was done in a single academic center. And the way that they actually search for them is, you know, basically looking through their EMR. 
Now, the way that they determined the timing is they actually were able to find the time from a first emergency physician contact time to the time that the ultrasound was performed. And that was either done by radiology or done by uh, the emergency physicians themselves because they saved the images. So the, the saved images had timestamps on them and they were able to correlate the two. There's a really important point there that they went from the time that radiologists read the ultrasound compared to like the first timestamp on the first image of the emergency ultrasound. Which, I mean, to me is okay, because that is that is the same thing. So it's, it's if the radiologist had come down and done the scan, they'd be interpreting it in real time. So even though you're right, it's, it's two different things. It's time to radiology uh, interpretation to emergency physician performance of it. I still think it's the same metric because we're still, you know, interpreting it at the same time. Uh, but that's a, a, a really good point. Also, they did the time from first EP contact time of needle entry into the joint space, the time of patient arrival, and the time of physician contact to the OR start time. Now, as far as their primary outcome, they looked at the time to the first emergency physician patient contact to the ultrasound, and they compared the groups that received a point-of-care ultrasound in the ED compared to those that had the radiology base ultrasound. And then as far as secondary outcomes, they looked at the time from first EP contact to arthrocentesis and time to disposition and any complications following the emergency physician performed arthrocentesis. As far as the scanning protocol, what they did is they visualized a femoral neck into the long axis looking for an effusion. And that's something that I think is not necessarily super intuitive necessarily. You're actually placing the long axis of the probe along the long axis of the neck of the femur which if you look at the body like as the you know the whole body as one axis you're actually going to be on the hip slightly oblique to the axis of the body because that's the way that the femoral neck goes into the head and then goes into the hip they compared the contralateral hip which this is what i like about anything musculoskeletal is that you have a control to show you normal which is great and they diagnosed effusions as any amount of effusion greater or equal to five millimeters, so thickness off the femoral neck, or if the affected side was greater than two millimeters compared to the unaffected side. And those are pretty standard definitions. They didn't just make those up. They ended up having 62 patients for analysis. That meant that they originally found 74 based on how Jacob described they went through all their ultrasound scans and then also searched by the ICD-10 codes, but they excluded 12 of them based on those exclusion criteria. Now, interestingly, these were mostly pediatric patients. Only 17.7% were adults. Um, just to tell you a little bit about the population, about 35% had a point-of-care ultrasound of their hip, and of those, 45%, which is only 10 patients, had an emergency physician performed arthrocentesis. On the radiology side, almost 60% of the population had a radiology-performed ultrasound, and only 3 or 8% of those patients had a radiology-performed arthrocentesis. So we're talking about kind of small numbers here. And when they compared the two groups um, with regard to their physical exam, their age, the percentage of septic arthritis, the ability to ambulate, the admission, all the Coker criteria they found that there was not much significant difference between those two groups, which is what we want to see. So primary outcome, median time from the emergency physician contact to the ultrasound, emergency physician 
POCUS group, 68 minutes. Radiology performed group, 208.5 minutes. Oh, my gosh. So that's a 2.3-hour difference, so pretty significant. And now let's look at the time from the first contact to arthrocentesis. Emergency physician performed arthrocentesis, 211 minutes. Radiology performed 602 minutes. Whoa. Quite a long time. That is six and a half hour difference. And these are statistically significant differences here. Six and a half hours is intense. And they reported that there was no complications to the arthrocentesis done in the emergency physician group, 100% success. Now, they did not find statistical significance between the time from the ED arrival to the OR start time or the time from the ED arrival to the ED disposition. There was a trend that the emergency physician performance saved some time there, but that one did not reach statistical significance. Now, I have to mention that Although it wasn't statistically significant difference between the group, there was some indications that the group that had the radiology performed arthrocentesis might have been a little bit sicker than the emergency physician performed group. I noticed that there was 100% admission in radiology versus 60% in the EP performed. There was more OR intervention in the radiology, and none of them were ambulatory compared to 40% that were in the EP group. So not, again, that's not significant, but maybe led me to believe that there could be some differences. So Jacob, what do you make of this study? Speaking as a human, this confirms my own like personal biases. Like I'm definitely very biased to assume that our hip ultrasounds are probably as accurate as a radiology ultrasound and the fact that when we do this things happen quicker and that's you know it's kind of like a discussion that sometimes I have specifically with dbt ultrasound the fact that you can just click a button and then you can order radiology based dbt ultrasound and then you don't have to I guess worry about it but the five minutes you spend in the room doing your own dbt scan dramatically decreases the disposition time of your patient which overall is going to save you time the same thing with this. We can see a dramatic difference in the diagnosis as well as the arthrocentesis time when we do our own hip ultrasound. So I love this and it confirms my own bias and uh, validates the way that I practice. I'm with you. I totally believe in this, but we have to acknowledge that there are some limitations to this evidence. It was retrospective. I do not acknowledge. We have to. (laughs) Okay, fine. This is retrospective, small sample size, And on top of that, it seemed like they had a pretty good amount of training at this institution where at least once a year they actually went through how to do hip arthrocentesis using ultrasound guidance and talked about diagnosing effusions as well. So maybe it may not be the case that everyone can really be this good at it. And maybe there's complications that didn't show up because of the low sample size. I don't know. I am with you. This is really impressive first work. So it's exciting even more than hypothesis generating, it it seems to confirm what we know from our practice. Agreed. Uh, Really cool stuff here. And maybe the next step is actually showing that those time differences that we see would impact the patient's outcomes. So, you know, we know that if you get them to the OR faster in septic arthritis, ideally that would be better for the patient. But I guess we don't know if a couple hours difference is going to be important from a, a clinical standpoint on how they recover. So that remains to be seen. Great study. Now to summarize, this is a retrospective chart review of 62 ED patients undergoing a hip ultrasound. 
based on their median time. So the group receiving point-of-care ultrasound by the emergency physician had an ultrasound over two hours earlier than those receiving radiology-based ultrasound. For the subset of patients who received arthrocentesis, there was a savings of 6.5 hours if that arthrocentesis was performed by the emergency physician versus the radiology department. Six and a half hours, Mike. That's crazy. Yeah. We can do a lot in six and a half hours, you know? What would you do if you had an extra six and a half hours of life? I would probably watch TV because I don't, I don't get to do that. That's like a treat for me. Just six and a half hours of TV. Wow. So let me hit you with our take-home points. So this is a small retrospective study that demonstrates potential benefits of emergency physician-performed hip ultrasound and arthrocentesis in saving time to the diagnosis in the workup of septic arthritis. Now, even if we put aside the study limitations, it still remains unclear if this degree of time savings would impact patient center outcomes. So clearly, we still need some prospective larger studies that can assess both the clinician-centered outcomes such as time to disposition and patient-centered outcomes such as their function, morbidity, and mortality. Thanks so much to these authors. Fantastic study. We love to see stuff like this. And thank you listeners for tuning into our podcast again. You can always go to ultrasoundgel.org. Talk to us on Twitter. Until then, talk to you later. More. More. You think I'm silly. You are kind of silly, I have to admit.